Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. What is up, Radiant Church? Are you glad to be at church today across Tampa Bay? I haven't had a chance to meet you. My name is Aaron Burke, and I'm the lead pastor. We are one church in six locations across Tampa Bay. I just want to give them all a shout-out right now. Our online location, I was just with you guys in the chat. Come on, throw some love in that chat. We love you guys. People watching literally from all over the world. It's pretty awesome um, to see you guys. And then our Heights location, and if you're there, man, we're so glad you're with us at Heights. I'll be there tonight for, for our 5 p.m. service there. And then we've got our Brandon location that is just rocking and rolling. They're incredible. Um, um, turnout there, Brandon and St. Pete. Love what God is doing in Pinellas County. And our newest location is in week number, I believe, three right now, three or four. And we are so pumped about our North Tampa location. We celebrate you guys and Pastor Jacob hearing incredible responses. How about at every location? We get up for our guests that are with us today. We're glad that you're with us today. You're new to Radiant Church. We're really, really glad you're here. I'm just telling you, I think you're at the right place on Valentine's Day. Perfect day to be at church today. If you're part of Radiant, can I just look at the camera, look all of you guys right in the eye and just say, I'm really proud of you guys. Really proud of our church. So many of you guys um, are coming back in person. I haven't seen in a long time. Proud of you guys. Um, proud of you guys that showed up to serve yesterday. Proud of, I, I believe over 3,000 people right now are right now in a small group at Radiant Church. Come on. Can we celebrate the life change that's happening? there. Proud of you guys for just being part of it. It's, it's a great season to be part of the local church. We are in a three-part series starting today called Love Handles. Say Love Handles. Come on, we're going to deal with your love handles over the next couple weeks. This is not a fitness series. This is a love, sex, and marriage series. It's one of my favorite things we do all year long where we talk about relationships and talk about how to deal with relationships. I know relationships can get a little, little messy and they've gotten really messy during the pandemic. So we're gonna kind of set them straight over the next three weeks. So man, if you're single, perfect series for you to be here. I hope you got that app open because you need to be taking lots and lots of notes. If you're married, you need a lot of this. I'm telling you, it'll help you. If, if, you're, if you're divorced, you need this. If you're, if you're married but wish you were divorced, you definitely need all of this. I'm telling you, it's going to be helpful for you. Um, I, I thought it'd be fun uh, starting this off. I found some um, breakup letters, you know, that, that happened and they were, they were letters written by elementary school students uh, to each other. And so uh, l- let's check out a couple of these. I thought they were fun. This one, uh, Keenan, uh, here's this one. Dear Keenan, I'm so sorry. We have to break up. You always try to make me laugh, but you're just making yourself look bad. We're over for real. And then look at that bottom. Love that. Scratch that out. Nope. This is from Stevie right there. So that's, that's funny if you ask me. Here's another one. I like this one from Delandrin. Says it like this to Crystal. I'm breaking up with you. P.S. Happy anniversary, though. One month. It really is hard to do this, right? That's awesome. All right. One more. I thought this would be a great one. This is, Sean, I'm breaking up with you. You have not talked to me since the day you asked me out. And that was three months ago. (laughs) You need to get it together or you will never get married. And that would be sad. You should get married, just not to me, Rachel. (laughs) That's funny right there. 
We're gonna have a lot of fun over this next couple of weeks. This, this is honestly one of my favorite times of the year where we dive into relationships because there's really no problems like relationship problems. And so I'm gonna be the first to tell you I don't have it together. Um, I don't know what to do and what not to do in relationships. Katie and I just celebrated 10 years of marriage. Come on. And so some of y'all are cheering because y'all think that's a big deal. Others of y'all are with your arms crossed going, yeah, talk to us when you get to 25. I know. They're, they're, we got a long way to go, but, um, but we're, we're, we're glad to be doing this thing together. Katie and I were laughing this morning. We're like, remember that like first year radiant where we were giving marriage advice for that February series and we had been married for three years. Can I just give you advice? If you've been married for three years, don't give marriage advice. (laughs) So don't watch those sermons. We actually deleted them off of YouTube just because there's nothing of content to offer you guys. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into God's word. I believe we're gonna find some truths that are gonna help you. I think today's message will really help you. Uh, My first relationship I ever got into was in the seven seventh grade, I was uh, in the seventh grade, I was in a small Christian school. I had never uh, gotten in a relationship with b- before. And so I had a locker next to this girl named Holly. Say Holly. All right. All right. So take a little, little uh, stroll down uh, memory lane here. So, so Holly was there. She, she really wasn't too interested in me. I mean, I was like 85 pounds of like skin and bone, um, not much to look at, but, uh, but I, I could run the Christian game pretty good. Like the, you know, there's like game and then there's like the Christian game. And so I was in a small Christian school. So I, I'd throw some Christian game out there for some of you guys, maybe new to the faith. You're trying to figure out the Christian game. Um, I, I wrote down some of my best one-liners. Maybe you can try maybe just a little pickup game, pickup lines like this. Like, so last night I was reading the book of numbers and I realized I don't have yours. Like that's good game right there. It's good game. I tried this one. I remember this one younger. I, I do something like, like, like now I know why Solomon had 700 wives. He never met you. It's good game right there. I, I got a couple more. Is your name Faith? She goes, no, no, why? Why? Because you are the substance of the things I've hoped for. (laughs) That's deep Christian game right there. You got a Bible scholar for that game right there. (laughs) All right, one more. This is a good one. All right, good pickup line. Some of you guys are taking notes. You're like, oh, okay, this is what you do at Radio Church. (laughs) You've never taken more notes than you did right there, just at those three points. How about this one? How many times do I have to walk around you to make you fall for me? That's good Christian game right there. Little Jericho, Old Testament joke for you there. Some of y'all don't get it yet. Get in part of a small group. Learn a little bit of discipleship. So, so, so Holly and I, uh, she, she started to take notice of me. I started to try to hit on her a little bit. And so finally, it's a Friday. We're sitting at the lunch table and I go up to her and say, hey, hey, you know, will you, will you come in? and sit by me, which meant just like sitting next to the, the end of the bench instead of the middle of the bench. And so we go down to the end. I'm like, hey, you know, you know there's something here. I, I know this chemistry. I said, I, I, I'd like us to, uh, to, to go. I'd like us to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And so, uh, you know, it, it was the whole like, you know, put my heart out there. And she said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think there's something there. So, I mean, this is like, you know, this is love in the making right here in the seventh grade. So I remember the rest of the day between classes, we would like see each other in the hallways between like the last two periods, we actually held hands. Like that was a big deal. And so I remember walking around holding hands I'm like, man, this is going to the next level. So that was Friday, uh, Friday night, I call her house. Cause that's before the days that like a seventh grader 
would have a phone. So I called our house. And, and so, by the way, if you're in seventh grade and you have a phone, I didn't have that. Like, like you can get through life without a phone at seventh grade. Just side note there. So I, I remember I called her house and I was like, hey, Holly, you know, let's talk. And so we sat on the phone and we talked. And it's just, you know, stupid stuff. So then Saturday, I try to call her. She doesn't answer. Sunday, I try to call again. No answer. Um, get there Monday I show up and, and I see her but she's sitting kind of off to the distance and I'm like oh something's weird you know something's weird and you didn't know what was weird what was going on and so so finally we get to lunchtime it's our first real opportunity and I go up to her and said hey something is everything okay and she's like no not, not everything is okay I go oh no we need to have we need to have a talk so we sit down and it was the first time I kind of heard a phrase that maybe you've heard before but it was the first time it was introduced to me where she was ending the relationship but she didn't end the relationship by just saying hey it's over she said a statement that really kind of uh, threw me kind of by surprise it's the title of the message today and she said this statement Aaron it's over but I want you to know it's not you it's it's me it's me it's me I just want you to know, it's not you. It's not you. Aaron, you're fine. You're, you're good. You're good. It's me. And I took it and I was like, well, of course it is. Of course it's you. <laughs> but now that I've gotten a little bit older, a little bit wiser, how many know anytime somebody says it's not you, it's me, really, that means it's you. Yeah. If anything, it, here, here's, what, here's what they actually mean. It's not you. It's me. And I can't stand you. <laughs> That's what it means. So this phrase, it's not you, it's me. It was the first time of many times I heard it in my life. And I thought it was a great title of today's message because it really sets the tone, even though that's kind of the, the breakup line that people use as kind of an excuse. Really, I believe it might be, just hear me out at every location, it might be the foundation of every healthy relationship. If you can learn to live this way of saying, it's really not you, it's me, it's really not your problem, it's my problem, we take a little bit of ownership, maybe, just maybe, we will see how to have healthy relationships God's way. Today, you're going to learn how to live the phrase, it's not you, oh, you got to help me out in every location, it's not you. It's, we're going to see it in the very first relationship. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open there, Genesis chapter 3. We're going to see the story where Adam and Eve, this is called the great fall. So Adam was the first man created. God gave him um, a, a wife named Eve. And so now Adam and Eve are living in the garden, a sinless life. They've only been given one command of what not to do. They can do all these other things. And then we see the story of the fall. You've probably seen this before, but I want you to see the lack of ownership in this story and how it really kept them from the life that God wanted them to have. Genesis chapter three, if you see it there, it's right there on the screen, verse one. Now the servant, serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say? Which, by the way, pause, look up at me every location. This is always the number one attack that the enemy has on all of our lives. He always wants you to doubt God's word, which is, by the way, the reason you need to constantly be in church, doing your devotions, always in God's word, because the enemy is going to try to lie to you to say, God really didn't say that. You need to hold on to what God says. You need to hold on to what he says. He says, did God, not, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat, in, uh, the, eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it, or here's what you're going to do. You're going to die. And he says like this, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. This sounds so much like culture versus the world, doesn't it? 
You, you can go ahead and do that. That's, that's, just, that's just religious people. You're not going to have any consequences for that. That's how the enemy always gets into our lives and into our relationships. He says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will actually be open. Isn't it sound like so much of the world says, hey, they're just trying to keep you from fun. You actually go and do this. You, you, you do life our way, the world's way. You're actually, your eyes will be open to the fun you really can have out there. He says, you said, you, 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 if you do this, you know your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for, uh, for food and pleasing for the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. The eye, both of their, then their eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man... And his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord called to them and says, where are you? He answered, I heard that you were in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And the Lord said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man says, the woman, uh-oh, look at it right there. Immediately the problems start. As soon as he confronted, what does he say? The woman, it was this girl that you, look at this, that you put with me. Not only is she the problem, God, you're the problem. You put the girl with me. Not a good start, right? She gave me some of the fruit from the tree and, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, oh, it wasn't me. It was the serpent deceived me. And I ate it. Look at verse 16. The woman to the woman, he said, here's, here's the consequences. I'm going to make your pains in childbearing very severe. And all the women are just like, why? <laughs> why, Eve, did you do this? With painful labor, you will give birth to your children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And all the men say, no, don't, don't, don't say anything. That's not a good place to say amen. <laughs> Cause lots of problems in relationships. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife. <laughs> That's another problem right there. No, I'm just kidding. That's not... And ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you eat uh, food from it all the days of your life. Here, here's our story. It goes back and forth with the fact is they now have turmoil in the relationship. They now have crisis in their life. And it all started with this idea that they doubted what God said. When sin came in, here's what they did. They had an opportunity where God confronted them about the issue. In the same way, when sin and issues come into our relationship, we have an opportunity when God tries to step into it and you have a decision to make to either point to somebody else, it's them, it's their mom, it's their upbringing, it's their problem, it's these kids, or we can take ownership of our problem and say, you know what, it's not them that's the problem, it's me that's the issue, I can't fix them, I can fix me, and I'm going to do my part to take responsibility for my relationship. Here's why. Write it down in your notes because when we blame others, here's what you, we do. We get embittered, don't we? We're always mad. They didn't do this. They didn't uh, you know, speak the way I want them to speak. They didn't act the way I want them to act. And we always just get angry. We're getting angrier and angrier because they're not matching up to some kind of expectation you have. But here's the second part is that when we accept responsibility, here's what happens. We actually get empowered. We get empowered to actually change in the relationship, 
to see the relationship thrive and grow. Here's the difference. You can cast blame or you can accept responsibility. You can cast blame or you can accept responsibility. And I understand a lot of people don't want to accept responsibility because it makes you feel bad. We all, we all go, man, this is not what I wanted to hear in this message. I wanted us to hear about how they're all wrong. And I'm not trying to get you to not feel bad. Listen, I understand. Nobody wants to feel bad. And that's not why God wants you to accept blame to make you feel bad. Listen to this. Write it down your notes. Accepting blame isn't about God faulting you. He's not trying to get you to finally own up to it and fault you and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look how wrong you are. Here's the fact. It's about him freeing you. It's that God wants you to be free. He wants you to understand that there is joy and greatness that can be found in your relationship, but it's going to start with not them. It's going to start with me. It's not you. It's what? Uh, say it loud. It's not you. It's what? It's, uh, so we're going to take ownership of our responsibility in our relationships. Here's three things I want you to challenge you with in this idea of it's not you, it's me. Number one, I want you to own the fact that you bring issues into your relationships. You bring issues into the relationship. The other person is not the sole issue in the relationship. You, you bring something into it. If you're in the dating world, there's normally the questions you'd normally ask when you're dating people. Stuff like, you know, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite food? And what, what's your best, the, your favorite movie? What Netflix show have you binged watch recently? Um, are you a Christian? Those are good questions to ask. Can I give you another one to ask? Here, here's, a, here's a great question to just add into your arsenal of questions to ask. What kind of crazy are you? <laughs> like, 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 I need to know this on the start of this relationship. What kind of crazy are you? Are you like normal crazy? Are you, are you keep my car crazy? Like, I want to know. Are you scroll through my text messages crazy? Like, what kind of crazy? Are, are, you, are you break down crying for no reason crazy? I, I want to know, what, what's the crazy level that you are? Just so we can understand up front. Like, I'm okay dealing with it. Just let me know on the front. Right now, some of y'all are hitting your name and going, man, I should have asked that. That would have saved me years of problems. <laughs> Here's why. The Bible tells us, for all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, here's what that means. We all have issues. We all have struggles. We all have sin. We all have a past. And so when you come into a relationship, you walk into that relationship with some baggage that you need to understand and identify when you walk into there. It's not always their issue. Sometimes it's your issue. Sometimes it's the way you were raised. Sometimes it's the, the upbringing that you have. Some of the reason it's because of the parents that raised you. And now that's the model you're following. So when you're in an argument and you're in a fight, you have to recognize first and foremost, wait, wait, I'm bringing some kind of issue into this that is causing problems in our relationship. Does that make sense? Here's why it's important for us to understand because, write it down your notes, because getting honest is always the first step in, in you getting healthy. So until you understand that, man, I got to get honest, what are, what's the baggage I'm walking into this? And if you ask your, your significant under, well, what is that baggage you have that they say nothing? <laughs> then they're in denial or they're in la-la land. And that's not reality. Reality is they're walking into your relationship with some stuff. Do you know what that stuff is? And what is the stuff that you're walking into a relationship with? It's super important to understand. If you're going to figure out it's not you, it's me. I identify many times my fault in things is recognizing, wait, 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 I've walked into this relationship with some baggage even years later that is causing problems in our relationship. Here's number two. Stop trying to find the right one and instead become the right one. 
It's not you, it's me. Here's my thing is I can't change anybody, but I can change me. And everybody's in this crazy, weird search for the one, for the right one, for, for the, my other half, someone to complete me. And I just want you to know, that is not reality. Reality is there's probably not a perfect person for you out there. Your goal is not to search for the one. Your goal is to fight for you to become the one. And I'm talking to some married people because there are some married people you fought way harder to be the right one before you got married. And then you took your foot off the gas and go, well, now they're stuck with me. I'm stopping the pursuit of being all that God's called me to be. Now it's on them. No, 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 no. It's not them. It's you that's the problem. You keep becoming the right one. You keep becoming the dad that, they, that those kids need. You keep becoming the mom that those kids need. You become the grandparents, those, those kids need. I'm telling you, it, that's not them. It's me that the issue is. What do we do? We become the right one. We're on this pursuit of that. Because if not, then you will have this idea that if I find the right one, then that'll complete my life. Reminds me of Jerry Maguire. How many remember Jerry Maguire? <laughs> Jerry Maguire runs and busts into the room, doesn't he? And, it, and I actually sent this to our, our, our creative team, his young you know, 18 to 25 year olds. And they're like, oh, cool. What, what movie is this from? <laughs> Breathe, Aaron. They don't know yet. <laughs> Haven't been introduced to reality. of like, anyway, it's a very famous movie. I don't endorse it, but Jerry Maguire it runs into this room and he says, listen, listen, listen. We're in a cynical, cynical world. And he looks over there, Renee Zellweger, and she, he says, listen, listen, but I love you. And then he says this statement, you complete me and then she looks at him she says shut up and then it goes back to him and he looks even more confused he's like what and then she says right away she says shut up you had me at hello you're my people right here at radiant church <laughs> what was it? it it's great for movies it's not real life there's not a person out there that'll complete you, that'll be your better half. That's not how God designed you to be. He designed you to be in him, fully complete in and of yourself, being totally all that he's called you to be. If you're single and you're watching this and you're going, I'm missing out because I don't have, don't believe that lie. You are everything God has created you to be. You can accomplish incredible things for his kingdom and not be married. Be embrace the singleness. We, my wife and I did a, uh, a Facebook Live last night, and I know a lot of you guys were on there. We talked about this a little bit, and my wife, with all of her passion, looked at it. And she says, let me remind you, Jesus was both celibate and single, and he made a difference in the world. You can do the same. So just want you to remind you that, okay? Like, like you embrace it. And, and it's important that we understand that we can be all that God's called us to be by ourselves. But you go, but Aaron, didn't the Bible says that it's not good to be alone? And the Bible did say that. Look what it says. God said, he said to Adam, he says, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. But understand this, alone and is not the same as single. Write it down in your notes because being alone and being single are very, very different. Because we have this stigma in our world today of going, oh, I'm all alone. Listen, you can be alone. You can be, um, you can be in a relationship and, and, and not be all that God's called you to be. You, and people know that. 
People know that in your life. There's so many people that they fight against being alone because they, they want to go from people to people, relationship to relationship to relationship, but they have to understand that's not what God was talking about. He was talking about the difference between being alone and being single. Alone, it says don't be alone means don't be isolated. It's all about isolation. It's about being disconnected from community. It's about not having the right friends and the right family around you. You, you. Let's fight against that in a world that is so disconnected. Don't be alone. It's not good for a man to be alone. But that doesn't mean you need to be, you're not going to find your significance until you get around those other people. You see, alone and single are very different. Single is all about your identity. Look at the difference in that. Because listen, listen, it is good for you to be single at times. It is good for you to embrace that idea going, hey, who am I in Christ? Am I whole in him? Am I, do I have my identity in him? I think it's, we have this lie that we are two broken parts that'll come together and make a beautiful one part. That's not how it works. Two broken parts come together and they multiply brokenness. That's not what God wanted for your life. He wanted somebody to go, hey, listen, before Adam ever needed Eve, Adam was whole in and of himself on purpose, counting the animals, naming the animals. He had his purpose and his destiny. A lot of you guys are looking for people. Let me tell you this. Stop looking for people and start looking for your purpose. Make your life about your purpose. Make it about who God's called you to be. That's good preaching right there. And when you make it about who God's called you to be, maybe you'll just start running fast after Jesus. You'll look to your side. You'll see somebody else running fast after Jesus and go, hey, let's do this thing together. And then God will bring you into all that he has for your life. This, this is the difference. Some of you guys, you're despising this single season. Don't despise it. Just so, this is the season God has to make me into all that he's called me to be so that I walk into what he has for me next, whole and complete in him. And look what God did bring into Adam's life. I love this. He says like this, I'm gonna bring you a helper. Can you help me out with this? A helper. No, 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 help me at every location. A helper. He was already helping. He just wanted a helper. He didn't bring Eve into the life to complete him. He brought Eve into his life to help, to be a helper to already help him do what he was already doing. It, it didn't change his destiny. It helped with his destiny. This is what marriage always does. Marriage just magnifies what you already got. You see, I was happy before Katie, but when Katie got in my life, I became happy Oh, do you see how that's how it works in marriage? You, you, see, you see, I was already brave before Katie, but when Br Katie got in my life, I became brave yeah, yeah, I, became, I was always funny before Katie. I was. But when Katie got my life, I became funny. Listen, listen, let's, here's, what, here's what it is. I want you to get this because this could be so significant for your life. The er is the, the suffix. This is, this is one-on-one for relation, for, for sentence development right here. It's the suffix. It's the, it's the last part. The other part is it's called the root. Okay, so here's what a lot of times if you look for in relationship, you're looking for the root to be that person. I'm not rooted in, as much as I love my wife, I'm not, she's, she, I'm not rooted in her, I'm rooted in Christ. I have my identity in him, and because I have my identity in him, she just comes and compliments my identity that I already have in him. She, he's not, he's my root, she's just my err. Does that make sense? And a lot of you guys are looking for the root in him or her. And I want you to know, that's a bad root for you to get into. Don't make your root in them. Make your root in him. And watch how you make it in him. They will then magnify the root that you already are in them. Which, by the way, this is good preaching, by the way. By the way, if you don't deal with it, whatever you are before marriage, you're broke before. You'll just get broke 
Yeah, yeah, that's what happens in marriage. You little chunky before? Can you help me at every location you'll be chunky? That's good, man, that's good preaching. <laughs> that's funny. Find it in Christ. I, I'm firmly established in him. Don't despise those days where you're going, well, I don't know. I don't have anybody else, but I'm just getting my root down deep. Man, maybe, maybe he's just making you strong, strong, strong. And when that guy comes in your life or that girl comes in your life, guess what? Dude, you're just going to get stronger because of what God brought in your life. It was a helper that he brought. Number three, and we'll close with this one. And this is the most crucial one of all of them. All right. It's, it's not you. It's me. If you're going to be the person that brings a change in the relationship, do this. Do your part to build relationships God's way instead of culture's way. And we talk about this often, but I have to reiterate it because the world has gone overboard on telling you a way to do relationships and it is flat out wrong. It's flat out wrong. So I'm going to help you in closing this message and showing you because the Bible says it this way. There is a way that appears to be right. It appears this is the way that, that everybody else does it. Aaron, all, everybody else does it this way. It appears to be right, but it ends in death. So here's, here's the way that appears to be right, is that you meet this guy, you meet this girl, and it starts with this. It starts with the physical. Oh, it's all physical. It's all physical. It's, man, they look good. Look at those biceps. Look at those curves. Look at that thing. And really, because you're not who you are in Christ and you're not established in him, then you make the whole thing about this. So this is the culture we live in today. It's love at first sight. It's not their personality. Like, that wasn't what drew you in. It was, it was built on this. So then you started here, and really because you're so broken, and you really know that deep inside of you don't have, you're ashamed of what you have to offer them, then you offer them just the easiest thing to offer them, which is the physical. And that's what the relationship starts. This is where all the relationships start in our culture today. And it jumps right from physical straight into the, uh, we all know this, right into the emotional. Ooh, it's all the feels, isn't it? It's like, man, I feel good. They, they make me just light up. They make me tingle. And it's like, this is the part in the relationship where you're like calling each other on their phone and you're like, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Eventually the operator gets on the phone and is like, can someone please hang up? Like, this <laughs> thing's dead, all right? It's all this. And here's the problem, by the way, is a lot of you guys are building it on this and how you feel. And here's what the problem is, is if you feel your way into it, you'll eventually feel your way out of it. And this is what our culture has said. This is how you can say something like, well, I just don't, I, I, I'm in, I, I love them, but I'm not in love with them. What does that mean? I, I don't have the feeling anymore, which by the way, if you feel like that, welcome to like adulthood, graduate and realize this is not based on feelings. Love is an action. It's a choice that we make. And if you will make the right choices, you can begin to get to the feelings that you once had. This is a decision to make, but it's how we built some of our lives. And then here's the next thing most people do is they eventually they, they get there and they go, oh man, let me introduce you to my friends. And my family, and then, you know, you introduce them to your, to your girlfriends and you're like, hey, look at him. And they're like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. Does he have a brother? Man, it's so awesome. It's so amazing. And, and you, you get to know him, you're introduced to all your friends and, and be careful because now you're hearing all of their, oh, he's the one for you. But then you break up three years later and they go up, they go, I knew he wasn't right for you. You know what I'm talking about? Same people. So, so here's what happens in our culture. It's normally at this time in our culture that everybody gets married. 
They've introduced them to the friends. They've introduced them to the family. They've, they've, they've introduced them to the in-laws. And now we get married. And then you, you get married. You have this little thing where you're going, okay, now we're really getting real. And once you get married, you get into this interpersonal time where you go, oh, now I realize I don't know who this person is. And then you start asking questions. You, you actually wake up one day and you say this statement. You're like, I don't even know who you are. Like, uh, who are you? Like, it doesn't even make sense. I, don't, I, like, I went through this whole process and now I'm at this place and I've, I've built this thing and I don't even know who I'm married to. And now it's such a mess and it's so unstable and it's so screwed up. And here's what you do. You decide the only way to fix it is I, I saw something on Facebook about this church. Let me just add a little bit of Jesus to what we're already doing. And then you go, oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. I got what we've been missing. We've been missing that we just need to add a little bit of church, a little bit of God to what we're doing. And here's what, this is the, the, the standard for our world today is this is what we've built it on. And then let's add a little bit of Jesus to it. Church once in a while and it'll all go well. And here's what it is. Here's the problem. The problem is that Jesus was never called to be the pinnacle. He was called to be the foundation. So you're building something. Jesus is the, the weight that he's going to bring into that relationship, the greatness, that the lordship that he's going to bring into the relationship is way too heavy for him to be an afterthought of your relationship. And here's what eventually happens, ready? It, it, maybe it's a year, maybe it's 10 years, but eventually what happens is it just, it all collapses. And that's where most of your relationships are right now. Because you've tried to build them on the wrong thing. Can I just submit this to you today? It, it's not you, it's me. I'm gonna take ownership of this. So the way for my life that I would take ownership if my world is collapsed and my relationships are just falling apart and the marriage isn't as healthy as I wanted it to be and the kids are just, it's all a mess. Here's what you do is you gotta take a little ownership. Here's an ownership phrase we use here at our church all the time. It's, it says, if it's to be, it's up to me. If it's to be, it's up to me. So I want you to know if your life looks like a wreck, it's all screwed up. If it's to be, it's up to me. You need to take ownership of your relationship. So here's what I would challenge you is, is if you're going to do this thing right, you need to make a decision to do it God's way. So let's, let's do it this right. And here's how I would do it is I would start with the spiritual. Yeah, I'm going to build this God's way. I'm going to start with the spiritual. Here's what that means is I'm going to get my life right with God. I'm going to get myself rooted and built up in him. By the way, if I'm single, I'm not worried about anything else right now. Until this season, I'm making sure I know who I am in Christ, whose I am, how I belong to him, what it means to give my life to him. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm going to build that. And by the way, if I focus on that first, then eventually I'm going to go to this next one and I'm going to get a little bit into the social scene here at Radiant Church. Oh, this is the way God intended it to be, by the way. Wait, oh, let me just say this. If I build my life on this, by the way, if I build this on this, I'm sorry, my camera, and I'm not going to stand on this because it won't survive, but <laughs> if I build it on this, by the way, there's only room for really one. Wow, come on. So when you stop pleasing me, then, 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 then this thing's over. When you stop making me happy, it's over because it's all physical, it's all, it's all emotional. But you know what? When, when I made a decision years ago that I'm gonna build my life on this, guess what? There's enough room for me, there's enough room for Katie, maybe even five kids on this thing. Do you know what I mean? Like we're gonna build it on something. It's, it's a big enough foundation for me to build my life on. 
Because it, it, it's, it's strong enough. And then, and then you, so here's, hear me out. All you single people, all, all you people that your life is in chaos, then get, in, then get into a small group. Get around some good friends. Get serving on the dream team. Get connected with some people. Watch what happens when you get connected. And then, by the way, then you meet somebody. And they're here. They're worshiping. Come on. They're the one. You saw their hand raised. And when the hand was raised, you didn't see a ring on it. You identified it. <laughs> I saw you. I saw you in worship. Here's what you do. Then you, then you, then you get to know the person. Don't, the Bible says, guard, above all else, guard your heart. So guard it. Don't get all your emotions in there and all weird. Just get to know them. Get to know them in a good friend setting and, and with a group of people and make it light. And then when you're ready to take that next step, then guess what? Then make it, make it a little official. Get a little emotional. Change the status on Facebook. Come on, let the world know about it. Put your, put your heart out there a little bit, but do it in the context that it's all built on a solid foundation of what, of what you know God has called you to be. Because now in this, you're getting so much affirmation, but it's not where you have to have it. It's where you get to get it now in a relationship. And then, and then once you get this, then, you, then this is a place, by the way, that you get, do a thing called get married. Can I, just, can I just be real with you? Because a lot of you guys just go, okay, let's just add right on top of that the physical. We're ready to go. And then God has an order that's correct. And when you do it God's way, you get God's results from it. And so, so uh, by the way, there is a moment that eventually you got to get physical, physical. <laughs> and this is so great and so important. And, 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 and here's what the problem is, is so many people in our culture today are wanting this to be great without them being great. Like, like stop focusing on if this is gonna be great. You be great. You be all who God's called you to be and build it the right way right now. If you go, Aaron, I don't know, it's already a mess. It's already screwed up. How is it possible? I have good news for you today to close out this message. God provides a way. If it's all flipped up and all screwed up, you might be 20 years into marriage for you to start the foundation again and say, I'm going to build it on Christ. Paul said it this way. When he was had this thorn in his flesh, he couldn't survive. He said, he spoke out to God and God said, it's okay because my grace is sufficient for you. You feel like you can't build this relationship the right way? Guess what? His grace is sufficient for you. When you put it on God, He will build it in the social and the interpersonal and the emotional and the physical. He let Him build it. You build you and let God build the relationship. You build you and let God build the relationship. And you go, well, I don't know how to make it work. Bring it to God and here's God's solution for it. Listen. God's solution is, it's not you, it's me. Let me build your relationship. Let me be the first in your life. And when you give it to him, that is where breakthrough comes. Come on, stand your feet. Let's make a decision. Say, God, we build it on you. We give it to you. Come on, sing it out, team.
close your eyes, nobody moving around. At every location, this could be the most important part of your whole service. Some of you guys, you just, you know it's a mess. Your relationship status, your relationship history, it's all a mess. And you need to just make a, a decision right now to say, I'm, I'm gonna build this thing on Jesus. I'm gonna build my marriage. You might've been married 40 years and it's all been a wreck, it's been chaos. What if you started it fresh and saying, God, would you be the Lord of my relationship? Would you be the center of my relationship? And when you establish it on being rooted and built up in Christ, start cast, stop casting blame, accept responsibility. Watch how God will bless your relationships right now. Every eye closed, you say, Aaron, just, I, I need you to pray. Maybe it's as a couple, maybe it's as a single person in here. You just say, Aaron, when it comes to my relationship, they're a mess. And we need, we need God to come through for us. If that's you today, with every eye closed, I just want to be able to pray for you. Just throw a hand up today all over this place. I see, man, dozens and dozens of hands over all over this place. God says to you today, my, my, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. You might feel, feel like it's a weakness. You, you can't do this right. God says he's given you the power, the grace, as you put them first in your life to build that relationship in the way that he's called you to build it. So Lord, I pray that you would release a grace over people to, to, to take ownership of the, their relationships, ownership of doing it the right way, ownership of, of conflict resolution, ownership of building a healthy home, putting you first in everything that we do. Lord, do it in each of our lives. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, there's another group that's here today and you don't have a relationship with God. Your life is built on so many things other than Him. Today is your day. Right now is your moment to say, God, I give you my heart. I surrender my life to you. And watch what happens when you put Him first, when you build your life on Him. Everything else after that will add up the way it's supposed to be. And this is your moment to give Jesus your life, give Him your past, give Him your issues. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up and say, today's my day my day of salvation. I'm giving Jesus my life. I'm going all in, making him my Lord and making him my Savior. I'm giving him my sin. I'm giving him my past and I'm giving him the reins of my life to take control. That's you on the count of three. Throw that hand up. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, throw it up high all over this place. Thank you. 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 Wow. So many people all over this room. I know they're raising their hands at every location. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together? Say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today, I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. For the rest of my life, I'm gonna follow you. Forgive my sins. Thank you for dying for me. I'm gonna live for you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Come on, at every location, let's celebrate. Lives that were just changed. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.